All right. Well, good morning, Eves. Happy Thursday morning. Hope everybody's doing well out there here today. Hope you guys are personally doing well because, as you all know, markets are certainly not off to a hot start here today. Uh, CPI report looks like it came in a little bit hot this morning. So we'll definitely be talking about that a little bit in tomorrow's edition. Just for those of you who may not have seen it already, 3.4% annual and about 0.4% for the month as well. Uh, so definitely came in a lot hotter than most people were expecting. But Looks like it's causing a little bit of sell-off on markets here today, but it can't kill our mood because it is, of course, a beautiful Thursday morning here on January 11th, 2024. Uh, you guys already know what's going on here today. We're talking everything related to the Daily Peel. We're talking everything markets yesterday and how it's going to be impacting things today and going forward. Of course, the big news of the day was that the SEC actually did approve the spot Bitcoin ETF. They managed to go a full day without getting their social media and Twitter accounts hacked. Very impressive stuff from a government agency, if you ask me. Uh, so that was great to see. They actually did go ahead and approve this stuff. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But of course, that's why we're on the mode here today, because retail investors can now officially buy shares in Bitcoin ETF products, get that exposure super easily. So Grandma and Grandpa don't have to set up a goddamn MetaMask wallet to be able to get exposure to this new area of finance and technology. Let's go ahead and dive into daily peel number 624 here. Of course, this is going to be relevant for January 11, 2024. Once again, it is 12.04 p.m. here, so I should have said good afternoon to all you heaps. Uh, but either way, hope everybody's doing well out there. Today, we're going to be talking about some Fed BS, more specifically the Fed balance sheet. But there is a reason that both of us start with BS. We'll be going into that and kind of everything going on there. We got some strong commentary from it over the weekend from the Dallas Fed President, Laurie Logan. Then, of course, we got some major market movers, including... Intuitive Surgical, Meta Platforms, uh, Chewy, and a bunch of others. And then finally, we'll get to the story of the day. And the reason that we're on the moon here, of course, being that spot Bitcoin ETF approval. All right, but look at this. I mean, is this not just the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen? All green for both the day and the year. And the best part is that the WSO Alpha portfolio uh, is still managing to outperform just a little bit, except we are outperforming only the Dow Jones at this point now, up 52 basis points for the year. Whereas our benchmark, the NASDAQ, had a much stronger day than it's yesterday. So they're up 65 bips for the year. We're right on their tails. As you guys know, beating the S&P is simply just too easy for us over here at WSO. So that's why we benchmark to the NASDAQ. And so if you guys do want to get in on the action here with us, you're obviously more than welcome to. Go ahead and sign up over at WSO Alpha. You can follow along with the portfolios, place trades along with us. And maybe we'll be the next ETF that the SEC approves and everybody freaks out over. I mean, who knows? That's definitely a long ways away. But if the apes keep up this performance, I mean, I can definitely see it. So go ahead and check that out there. That'll also get you signed up to all of our equity research reports. We got the first one dropping in just a couple of days. It's just about finalized. Essentially, what we're doing now is making it nice and pretty for you guys. Then there will be one coming monthly uh, every month after that. We'll have a new stock, new equity research report focused on. Definitely stay tuned for all of that stuff. But let's get into some of the banana bits about the story of the day. Just like when Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction at the Super Bowl, how funny was that? All eyes today are on the CPI report, which, as we said, came in harder than expected, just like the labor market report at the beginning of the month on this past Friday. Seeing that stuff come in a lot hotter is obviously a little bit scary in terms of what that means for the Federal Reserve. We obviously see markets selling off here today. We'll check out the CME group as well. Uh, let's just go ahead and do that now, quite honestly. Let's see what their odds are, because, of course, this is going to be tracking the uh, odds for movement at that March meeting. We all know they're not going to cut in January, but at March, let's see how those odds have changed so far. So actually, it looks like they haven't changed very much. The odds of a cut have only fallen about 1% in response to that inflation report. So it could be worse, but hey, 
Market's freaking out about it for the time being. How can we be surprised? Mr. Market is one of the most uh, non-temperamental people in the entire world. He freaks out over the smallest things. We'll see if it lasts long term. But obviously, there's some other stuff going on, including consolidation in the media market. Paramount looks like they're even closer to actually being able to find that buyer. And now that the, you know, of course, the founder, the kind of name guy behind it has passed. He passed things on to his daughter, and she is looking to dump that shit immediately. Basically looking to get out of here, have a nice retirement party for herself. We certainly can't blame her, but the media market and streaming especially is a great case study in terms of just market dynamics and economics. Uh, if anybody's going to MBA school or really college at any point over the next decade, there absolutely is going to be a case study on this stuff and how Netflix came out on top. All right, and then, of course, Billy Ackman. He has been one of the craziest men on Twitter in 2024 really of all time as well, but especially this year, firing off tweets left and right that uh, are really stirring up the crowd. He fired off a couple more yesterday and essentially is taking his activist playbook to the board of Harvard, looking to change things up over there. Then, of course, it looks like the U.S. presidential election is starting to lose a little bit of weight as former New Jersey governor Chris Christie dropped out of the running. I thought those were two of the funniest jokes of all time. I do apologize as they're very crude as well, but hey, Chris Christie's gone. The field is narrowing. And I'm pretty sure there was a Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis debate at some point as well. That's got to be spicy, so I would certainly recommend going and checking that out because it's probably hysterical at the very least. All right, but let's talk about what's going on with the Fed's balance sheet. Like we said, it's balance sheet BS. It's quite QT. There's a lot going on over there. So rate hikes are very much like taking a shot of Everclear. You know, it's going to get the job done and it's going to get the job done right away. But if you're looking at hammered a little bit more slowly, the best way to do it is through sipping a few beers or in the Federal Reserve's case, that's going to be through the balance sheet. So it's also been going on, but kind of behind the scenes, not nearly talked about enough since that March of 2022 date is $95 billion in balance sheet runoffs. Essentially what this means is the Federal Reserve is allowing the assets that it holds on its balance sheet to simply mature and they're not being replaced. So what that means is that these banks have uh, basically less liquidity to be able to sell those assets. Essentially, it's just taking liquidity out of the market, which causes banks to be a little bit more careful, a little bit more reserved in the investments that they make. And of course, just shortens up that liquidity a little bit. Generally not good for markets, but at a $95 billion pace coming from the enormous height that we were at previously, it's really not uh, that much of a reduction as well. We also operate in an ample reserves environment, so it's not like these banks are starving for liquidity or anything. They definitely have that as well. And that's one of the things that Dallas Fed President Lori Logan was pointing out in her speech on Saturday and a reason to start thinking about maybe chilling the hell out with that balance sheet reduction. So the overnight reverse repurchase agreement facility, ONRRP for short, this is essentially a facility within the Federal Reserve where banks can take those uh, the cash and assets that they have above the minimum reserve requirements, go ahead and lend that overnight completely risk-free and earn an actual rate of return. That's typically used when, uh, when, when, the, when liquidity is high in the system. Just to keep it as simple as possible, banks will go to that when liquidity is as highest because it is a lower rate of return than the IORB or other rates that are going to be offered by the Federal Reserve. But non-banks are able to invest in that as well, so they've been pretty active in that market. And when non-banks put in big dollars into the ONRRP, that's a big sign that liquidity is running very high. And so that's what we've been seeing really since the onset of the pandemic, really since it was invented back in 2013 as well. But uh, lately, the ONRP facility has been falling quite low. And to death's Fed President Lori Logan and a bunch of other Fed members, this is a big thing for them because it's basically showcasing that liquidity is drying up, meaning that that balance sheet runoff, it's doing its job. And now they're getting a little bit worried that it might be too much. And so there's been a quite a widening spread between SOFA rates as well as 
the ONRP and even the IORB as well. Uh, and that widening just showcases that decrease in liquidity. It's time to start thinking about maybe conducting or maybe slowing that rollout, maybe stopping it altogether. But so just like on the way down or maybe on the way up, I don't really know what to say there. But with the tightening cycle, we got hit with the double whammy of both rate hikes as well as that uh, balance sheet runoff. It looks like we could be seeing the exact opposite going forward if those rate hikes do actually come. If we start moving more back into the, it wouldn't necessarily be quantitative easing, but if we start moving back into that role, uh, that's definitely something to be on the lookout for. Could be extra juice to markets going forward, but really, you know, some good stuff going on with the balance sheet. Doesn't get nearly as much attention as it deserves. And quite honestly, neither does intuitive surgical here. Robot surgery, that is one of the most terrifying two-word combinations that you could put together. Although I'm sure robots do a much better job than doctors as well. Just like pilots. You know, I saw a stat recently that said pilots are responsible for like 80% of crashes that happen today. So if we could automate that, it would be, uh, you know, probably a lot safer. But personally, one of the things that gives me comfort when I'm on a plane is the fact that there's a human being up there. And if he fucks up, he's dying too. Uh, so surgery is obviously a little bit different. But I would like it is if somebody fucked up when they were giving me surgery, I definitely want them to be able to go to prison maybe stone them to death in the old Babylonian style. Who knows? We can talk about the laws and ethics around that later on. But what's going on with Intuitive Surgical is, of course, they did have a relatively strong quarter, so it looks like those robot surgeries are growing in popularity. Uh, they're essentially coming out and bumping the revenue expectation for Q4 from $1.87 billion to $1.93 billion. Uh, don't really know why they came out and made a whole statement about that. It doesn't really seem entirely material to me. But apparently, they're just diversifying the gains that they're going to be able to get for the quarter on that surprise to the upside as well. Can't really hate on them for that. But either way, it's looking like it's going to be a great quarter for Intuitive. Meta platforms as well, probably going to be a pretty good quarter for them as well, at least according to Mizuho Securities Analyst. Everybody knows that spreading envy, hate, jealousy, depression all around the world is one of the best business models possible. I mean, does anything make you feel worse than scrolling through Instagram or some other Mark Zuckerberg platform? Probably not. Uh, but despite that, it is a great business model. And Mizuho called it out yesterday. They bumped their target, their price target from four seventy. Uh, excuse me, they bumped their price target from four hundred dollars up to about four seventy. It's already trading at about three seventy right now, but applying about twenty seven percent upside from here. Moving on to Air Test Systems. Who the hell has heard of this company before? I certainly haven't. We've written about them a couple of times, so we like to stay tuned on them a little bit. Essentially, they are a picks and shovels play on the semiconductor industry. They offer testing equipment and other kind of materials for the semi-industry. And yesterday was a rough day for them because they came out, uh, they disappointed big time on earnings and definitely wasn't a, a big surprise going forward as well that they're expecting kind of weakening demand. So definitely stay tuned on that. It's a tough scene for the chip industry, but it's probably just due to that kind of uh, overabundance that these chip companies kind of built up when supply chains were all fucked during the COVID days and during the pandemic. Uh, so it might not be something structural, but just kind of, existing for the time being. All right, and then finally, Chewy. I mean, one of our favorite companies out there because they serve all the good boys and girls from CSI and She. We definitely love to see that. We love to keep our dogs healthy, of course. And basically, they came out, there was a couple of things going wrong for them yesterday. So there was a block trade placed by Morgan Stanley uh, at $20.45 per share. This basically just means you're dumping a ton of shares at a certain price. It's traded on, you know, third or it might even be the dark market. But either way, they did not get the price that they were expecting for them, ended up having to sell a little bit lower. That's obviously a bearish sign for the market overall. Uh, but the big news of the day was that the American Kennel Club, one of our favorite organizations out there, because if you have anything to do with dogs, I mean, you are clearly just a phenomenal person. But the American Kennel Club, they are actually releasing their own pharmacy. 
they're not for profit, so they're probably not going to charge Skippy out the ass like I'm sure Chewy does. Uh, so definitely something to stay tuned on there. Tough day for Chewy. All right, apes. The big story of the day, the moment everybody's been waiting for. Welcome to history. This actually happened this time. It's not just some fake tweet uh, that you know the SEC got hacked. Bitcoin ETFs have officially been approved, just like when Mozart dropped his first mixtape. Or, you know, this must be what it felt like when Julius Caesar took over the Senate or something, because this is absolutely crazy. If we go ahead and go over to the SEC's website, we can see that this is actually legitimate. So this is yesterday, January 10th, 2024. The commission approved the listing and trading of a number of spot Bitcoin exchange traded products. They all, they call them ETPs because they're a bunch of technical nerds. We don't have to care about that that in-depthly here today. I mean, arguably one of the most important things is how much of a twerp this guy looks like. I mean, just look at his face. Like, he is... The definition of a twerpy little, you know, government bureaucrat or something like that. I just can't stand this guy. But either way, they did go ahead and finally approve all of those Bitcoin ETFs. They noted that it's definitely not an endorsement of Bitcoin down here below. Uh, so they are still neutral to the underlying assets. They certainly are not approving this. But simply the fact that they approved the ability for retail investors to be able to invest in Bitcoin is a huge step forward. It's basically the SEC saying, all right, maybe this shit isn't as dangerous or as gambling as we might have thought it was back in the day. Although it definitely still is gambling. It is pure speculation, but it's speculation that we can get behind. You guys know we're all about the degeneracy here. And so we love to see stuff like this opening up. We go ahead and take a look at the price action of Bitcoin since that. We're trading just under that $46,000 level. So definitely not bad, but it looks like at least for now, it has been a bit of a sell the news moment. So we did see that run up. We crossed over that $47,000 line uh, in the days preceding the announcement. We even got up highs about 48500 or just about there. Uh, but it has been nonstop selling since then. If we go to the 24-hour period here as well, it's definitely still looking pretty ugly. I mean, this is only from about 10 o'clock this morning. So it's definitely not like a big turnaround just on the announcement itself. But it looks like it may have been a sell the news moment, at least so far. Coinbase is having a tough day as well in a lot of other crypto stocks for some reason. Uh, so it's definitely going to see some interesting dynamics. There's a common saying in markets that's buy the rumor and sell the news. So you buy the assets when there is a rumor that something big is going to happen. That's going to be a big uh, kind of a bullish driver for them. And then you sell once it actually does happen because that's during that time period is when the real run up happens. Looks like that could have been what happened to Bitcoin so far. But either way, there are now 11 spot Bitcoin ETFs approved. You can even go invest in a lot of these as early as today. Go ahead and check out your brokerage account. The first one that I would recommend checking out is from Vanek. And simply because of its ticker, I mean, look at that, it's HODL. This is certainly not financial advice, but go ahead and check out HODL. It's easily the best ticker symbol among all of them. Fidelity's was okay too. I think it's FBTC. A lot of the other ones were uh, kind of nerdier, but we always love to see this. And so, of course, the only questions going forward is what's next for the asset class? What's the next big driver? I'm pretty sure there's another hazarding coming up at some point as well. Uh, I think it might be like 2025 or 26. I don't really know. I'm sure one of you guys can let me know about that as well or tell me how wrong I am. Uh, but we are now just wondering if Bitcoin is actually going to go to the moon. Join me up here on the moon as well. Uh, and which digital assets are you getting exposure to going forward? We know Solana has been a big one as well lately. Of course, Ethereum got in on the rise here too. But besides those three, which other crypto scams are you going to get involved in? Definitely let us know as well. And of course, we'll see if they can join us on the moon. By the way, this picture right here, this is one of the most famous pictures in history. This is called Earth Rising. Uh, it was taken by a guy named Bill Anders, I think. And so besides him and the two other astronauts that were on that mission with him, this is the only picture in existence that contains every human being that has ever lived or died 
are all contained within that planet. So very cool picture. Once again, it's called Earth Rising. Definitely go check that out for a higher resolution version of it. And then, of course, we have to finish up the day with a nice quote about cryptocurrency as well from our boy Jamie Dimon. This was him during that recent uh, Senate testimony with a lot of the big bank CEOs. I've always been deeply opposed to crypto, Bitcoin, etc. If I was the government, I'd close it down. Now, of course you would, Jamie, because your business relies on having trillions of dollars in traditional U.S. dollars. Don't try to hide behind that fact. I mean, we all know it. It's plainly obvious that he has a financial and economic motive to not actually, uh, he has a financial and economic motive to dissuade people from investing in Bitcoin and Ethereum because his business runs entirely on dollars. We can't really fault him too much for that because he does have that connection. But hey, Jamie Dimon, definitely not a big fan, but maybe he'll be like that twerp Gary Gensler and uh, come around on his opinion of things. And here, let's go, before I leave you guys today, let's just go and take a look at Gary Gensler one more time. Look at his face. Like, that's one of the most punchable faces I have ever seen. I was going to say one of the most punchable faces in Washington, D.C., but pretty much every face in that city is punchable. So uh, that's not something that we'll focus on for today. But, of course, it's been an absolute blast here with you guys today, as always. It's now 12.20 p.m. on this beautiful January 11th, 2024. Hope you guys are having a great Thursday or a great almost Friday, as I probably should call it. Uh, thank you guys again for joining us here today. Happy trading as always, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye now. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.